Well, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, whatever time that may be, wherever you are. My name is Craig Hagan, and you're listening to Ramos Weekly Podcast. I'm sitting here with my co-host, T-Mac, Tony McKinnon, on a, well, I guess it kind of warmed up a little bit. Yeah, we're emerging from the deep freeze of the week. Oh, yeah. We're recording this podcast February the 2nd, I guess. So, yeah, so. It rain dipping dots on Monday. Yeah, so. <laughs> it did. It all did. week long, we've had, we've, we actually didn't have snow. We had sleet. dots. <laughs> dipping dots. <laughs> what it looked like. That's what it looks like. We had, we had sleet all week. Um, um, and so it's been, it's been a deep freeze here mm-hmm. in Tulsa, Oklahoma. You know, not our normal weather pattern, um, but it is what it is. I mean, you know, it's interesting. And then we had, we, well, they call it thunder snow because it was thunder they, sleet. Thunder sleet, yeah, yeah. I guess, because it was thundering and sleeting. And, yeah. It was crazy. Wow. Yeah. So, anyway, it's been a, been a cold day um, or a cold week. Um, today's we're actually finally above freezing. I think it's going to be 42 degrees today. Yeah. So, nice, balmy day. And um, the reason we have that is because every time that we have someone from Florida in, yep. Um, that always happens, you know. They you bring, know. They, it's like, like Elsa or something from Frozen. Yeah. <laughs> so our, our guest today uh, on the program is, is Pastor Darren Baldwin. He's from Live Oak, Florida. What's your church? Melody, Melody, Church. Melody Church. Melody Church with the Tweety Bird. Is, is That's a, right. Is the Twitter. <laughs> we used to have the Twitter Bird on there. We changed it. Yeah. Well, didn't you have like five different logos or yeah, something yeah, like that? Yeah, we went through a couple. We're yeah. settled now. We're settled in. So yeah. we're on our we're in our lane. You got your lane. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, um, Darren's actually in town. Um, um, talking to our third year pastors, um, group, and so we're having today in the podcast. And, and we, we talked about this a little bit last time Darren was in town, but I want to talk about his testimony because Darren, you know, he came to Rama, but he wasn't your typical, you know, church going boy. <laughs> yeah, he was saved from the gutter most. Yeah. <laughs> But before he showed up, I, think um, I had a few nights in the gutter. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> showed up at, at Rama. He had an interesting test because some people think, well, well, the people who go to Bible college, yeah. I mean, you know, they grew up in church. I mean, they, you know, that wasn't Darren. That wasn't Darren's story or whatever. But you know what? Doesn't matter what your past is. I mean, God has a future for you. So, Darren, it's good to have you on the program. Yeah. Um, let's talk about your um, testimony because I, I know. Um, you know, you weren't the choir boy um, growing up. Um, did you grow up Catholic? Is that how you? No, no. <laughs> no I, my parents were Catholic. Well, uh, yeah. no, my mom was Catholic. My dad was half heathen and half Protestant. Yeah, because you came down from Jersey. I ke- always yeah. forget yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jersey transplant to That's Florida. That's right. Yeah. yeah, I'm half breed. Yeah. I'm half breed, yeah. half country, half, yeah, all that. But, yeah, um, yeah, no, my parents weren't Catholic, or I wasn't Catholic. My mom was Catholic. Actually, my mom got born again the year that she was pregnant with me, which is kind of cool. I, I was telling the students the other day, my three older brothers, all their middle names are after Catholic saints. So my oldest brother, Donald, his middle name is Gerard, which apparently is the saint. Somebody looked it up in the class the other day. I don't know, the saint of something. And then my second oldest brother, Scott, I guess my dad, that was back in his drinking days, so they didn't come up with a different name, so they named him Scott Gerard. So they both have the same <laughs> middle name. I don't know. I don't know what the deal is with that. 
So then my third uh, oldest brother, Justin, his, his name uh, his it's middle Gerard. name. No, it's not Gerard. <laughs> that would have been something, though, if it was. No, his middle name was Andrew, which apparently is a Catholic saint. I don't know. I never really yes. looked into it. But uh, go ahead. But my mom, when, when she was pregnant with me, uh, she got born again. She had a, a school bus driver that uh, my my two older brothers who were in school at the time went to a private Christian school somehow or another. And uh, the bus driver was from a Pentecostal church. And every time she'd drop my brothers off, she'd get to, she befriended my mom, who was actually going through a very wild season in her life. And uh, she ended up over a course of several months, she led her to the Lord. And then when my mom was pregnant with me, and then when I was born, she named me Darren Christian Baldwin because that, they had gone from Catholic to, to Christian. Christian. Yeah. So I guess there wasn't any saints in the Christian, uh, you know, yeah. deal. So well, she just good. picked Christian. Because uh, she, you know, she got born again because she felt like she was carrying Damien. <laughs> That like, was the three other ones. See, that's what them Catholic saints did for them. But really, um, I was my dad was. Uh, I, I come from a long line of alcoholics, and my dad was a hardcore alcoholic. And um, you grew up in Jersey, right? Yeah, I grew up in New Jersey. My mom and dad were actually born in Brooklyn, New York. They moved to New Jersey, I think, the year my. So, what area of New Jersey? Uh, they. I grew up in Monmouth County. Uh, most people are familiar with. Asbury Park, uh, uh, anyway, it, central New Jersey on the shore. Uh, but my my folks uh, moved there, I think, when my the brother right above me was born from New, New York to New Jersey. And uh, so my dad, was a he was a drunk. I mean, he, he tells me his story. I mean, he was like a drink a fifth of liquor drunk a mm. day, you know. He said he had wrecked seven cars, caused multiple car pileups, you know, always walked away without a scratch. So my my oldest brother, Donald, became a full-fledged alcoholic as a teenager. On down the line, my brother Scott, my brother Justin, and then I'm just basically carrying on, like Hank Williams Jr. said, the family tradition. <laughs> and I just picked up <clears throat> as a young teenager, uh, I think I'd say by the age of 15, I was an alcoholic and just be kind of started living. You know, the crazy thing is I was in church. We went to a Pentecostal church. And uh, my mom and dad were saved. Uh, they loved the Lord, served the Lord, faithful. Uh, but I'd never made the connection, you know. I got baptized as a child. Um, uh, I don't know if it did any good other than, you know, got a, a bath that week, you know. But <laughs> I, uh, I just lived in the world. I was a product of the world all those years as a teenager. Uh, I was telling the students the other day a little bit about my testimony. I was 17 years old. My brother and I decided, well, he decided that uh, he was going to start a, a drug dealing uh, business. So he made me his mule. So I was the delivery boy. <laughs> so uh, he basically, I, he sent me uh, out, you know, doing stuff in school and all these different things in high school. I was a junior or sophomore, I don't remember, I think a junior. And uh, I ended up getting in a car accident one night and. Uh, long story short, got arrested and all had drugs in the car, got expelled from high school. My parents shipped me down on a one-way Amtrak down to Jacksonville, Florida, uh, where my brother— Midnight train to Georgia. Midnight oh, train to Georgia. <laughs> and uh, my brother Donald, my oldest brother, picked me up. I moved in with him, and my life still went spiraling in the wrong direction. I always like to say 
you know, you're going to find your element of people that where you are in your heart, you're going to be attracted to those kind of people. So it didn't take me long to find the lowest of the low in a little sm- a small town called Live Oak, Florida, where my brother was working, had a company there. And uh, But about a year and a half into that, um, it's so neat how God did this. Uh, I When I was kicked out of my high school in New Jersey, I moved down to Live Oak. I'm sorry. Was, was your brother Gerard and your other brother Gerard? Yeah, my other, my other brother Gerard, <laughs> his brother Yeah, all that. Uh, so I'm there. I started attending as a senior a school called Melody Christian Academy. Look at and which would later become the school uh, that my wife and I run. Yeah. And my mother-in-law actually uh, was running the school then, and uh, she took me in. I don't think she ever looked at my record, or she might not have let me in, but. It didn't matter. I pretty much came to school and slept all day in the class, so I'd leave and just go smoke pot all day after class, and that was about how I lived. Uh, But about a year and a half into that, man, um, I feel like I stepped into what my mom had prayed for me all those Mm -hmm. years. And I I remember going to high school in New Jersey. I'd leave in the morning to get you know go to school, and I'd walk by my mom's bedroom door, and I'd hear she has a she had a treadmill in there, and She'd walk every morning, and I'd hear her in there praying in tongues. And wow. she'd be praying in them machine gun tongues, you know. And I'd hear, I'd hear her on multiple occasions call out my name. And she prayed for me. And I'd hear her say things like, you know, Darren's going to walk in the plan of God for his life. He's going to fulfill the plan of God. So basically there came a point where— Did she, she not pray for the, your other brothers? She did. She did. She did. And, and they've been slowly trickling in. Uh, uh, he but, just couldn't tell because they all got the same name. Yeah, yeah, she couldn't tell which one got it. But, uh, man, it's hard to be serious in this room right now. No, I'm just kidding. But um, at that time, man, the Lord really—it was like a in a two-week time period, all of a sudden this— great grace started happening yeah and something started you know stirring in my heart i need to you know go to church of course i tell everybody i didn't go on sunday morning because you know people that are out all saturday don't go to church on sunday (laughs) Sunday. morning (laughs) which i told them the other day it's a shame that most churches now don't have sunday night services but they they're really not thinking about that saturday party crowd (laughs) because they don't go to church on sunday morning generally they're going to sleep in but I went to church that Sunday night, a uh, really long story. I had gotten arrested the night before, pulled over. I didn't get arrested, and I was with some unsavory characters. And I, I woke up the next day, and I said, Lord, that was, that was a wake-up call for me. I said, I, I can't keep doing this. And um, I went to church that night. The Lord started doing the work in me. Two weeks later, I was in High Springs, Florida. I went with Chris Musgrove, who yeah, you guys know, yeah, yeah. Uh, who was my youth pastor at the time. I didn't go to church, but he was still my youth pastor. <laughs> but uh, he took me to a service in High Springs, Florida, at what's now Impact Family Church, uh, Pastor Edwin and Angela Anderson. Mm-hmm. And uh, a group called Shekinah Glory mm-hmm. was there ministering uh, at the service. And, man, for the first time in my life, I experienced the power of God. Yeah. And, you know, it just literally, something came on me that night. I didn't even hear what they preached. All I know is the Holy Spirit was really touching me. And they did an altar call. I, it was in this old building they used to be in, and them old high school auditorium chairs where they'd stand up and the wood chair flops back <laughs> up. It's one of them deals. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I couldn't run across the chair, so I had to run across the little narrow things to get out of the where I was at in the row. 
I ran across the tops of them chairs, ran down the front, and uh, Cindy Duval there of Chicago Glory, she prayed for me and laid hands on me, and power of God hit me, man. I fell out on the floor, and she prophesied over me that night and said, you'll never be the same again. And that was the most powerful thing I had experienced up to that time. Well, anyway, I just started uh, serving the Lord in my local church there, under my who's now my father-in-law. He was a pastor for 27 years there. And then about a year, year and a half into that, uh, somebody sent me a, a, a VHS tape, and it had the, a Rama brochure on it, a yeah. little booklet kind of a deal. I had no idea what it was, never heard of it, even though no. Chris, my youth pastor, was a Rama, Rama graduate. Yeah. yeah. And so uh, were Cindy, Cindy, Chicago yeah, Glory. Yeah, Chicago so, Glory. Yeah, so, it's kind of neat how the so whole So was Edwin Anderson at Impact Family Church. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, man, look at that. Three, got three things, you know. Well, you know, and that's kind of interesting when you talk about people's lives and whatever, you know, because all of them have their own testimonies as, as oh, yeah. well. Yeah. So, oh, so, yeah. I mean, so what if Chris wouldn't have gone the rainbow? What if what mm-hmm. if Cindy and Lois, you know, when, or, or Edwin Anderson, the pastor? That, yep. I mean, so all those people coming to Rainbow Bible Training College, you know, and then— you know, years later, ended up changing your life. Um, Absolutely. You know, and so, that, that, I have never really looked at it like that, mm-hmm. that the connection I mean, of Rama in my testimony is up and, to that And so point. obviously here on, on the program, we talk about Rama Bible Training College. It's yep. a great place to go, rbtc.org. You can find more information about Rama. If you give us your name and your, your email and your phone number, we'll give you a call, um, talk to you about Rama, schedule a time for you to come um, visit campus and We'll actually send you a digital packet immediately, but it, it's interesting. Not, not a VHS not one? A, not a VHS. Do you, you have know. any of those around still? Um, maybe maybe in the, where, in the <laughs> warehouse. Mean, we're, we're in Granny's <laughs> attic here. Yeah. It might be some laying in, around In the warehouse, here. there's probably some, some VHS stuff. <laughs> um, a lot of our things now, like I said, we have a digital packet. And, and That's things, actually but, pretty cool. Because yeah. it's a whole lot easier. You know, We live in a different generation. But um, you know, back in the day when you were there, you got a VHS. You got you know papers up. But... but but it is interesting to see full circle yeah. how, you know, because obviously if you, you know, I happen to know Lois and Cindy, you know, very well. I mean, you know, they were singing in the bars. I mean, you know. Yeah, yeah. Sure. yeah. And that man. You, you know, and, and so obviously God changed their life. Yeah. You know, and then obviously Chris Musgrove and you know, all, all that. And so it was, it's a huge random connection how, you know, later on then you ended up here. Yeah. You know, so it's just, um, you know, and obviously it was the answer to your mom's prayer. Yep, as I well. believe that. So anyway, you got the VHS tape. I got the VHS tape. I pop it and, in and the, so, so the, did, the VCR. So, so do you know who sent it? I mean, did, <laughs> I have no idea to this day so how you, I got that You don't that know deal. if it was Chris? Or, I, don't, or, I don't. I have no idea. I have no idea who got me that VHS tape. But I popped it in. I looked. I was like, wow, this is pretty cool. Because I, I, I mean, I barely made it through high school. Yeah. I mean, I've gone back since and taken some college stuff, you know, and obviously trained myself along many years. But... I I wasn't interested in school. I, matter of fact, I sent in my application, and I knew for sure there is no school in America that will accept me. So when I got that letter, uh, I didn't realize that y'all's motto at the time, maybe still, was 8 to 80, blind, crippled, or crazy. If they can't walk in, <laughs> wheel them in. <laughs> you know, and GED not required, high school, yeah. you know, if, uh, you know, out of prison. I didn't know. I'm just teasing. <laughs> but I thought for sure the letter was going to come back and say denied. Because yeah. I thought there's nobody that would accept me yeah. into college or school, you know. And so when I got that letter back, it said accepted. 
I about, you know, wet my pants. I thought, man, <laughs> something good's happening here. I said, this is the only school that's ever accepted me. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But I, I went. I had no idea what Rama was. I had no idea what they did here. Somebody tried to ask me, what do they do there? I have no idea. I have no idea what they did. I found out what they did. So, so were you familiar with Brother Hagen at all before Not, you came to Rama? Nope. Oh, well, well I, maybe, maybe a little bit. Uh, yeah. Maybe a little bit. Uh, I had just in the last, maybe up to that time, maybe a couple of months, I'd start, started listening. Somebody gave me a tape series. Or something. Maybe the person that gave me the VHS <laughs> gave me the tape series. But I'd, I'd listen to you know, a couple different ministers from here. I didn't really know. Maybe I didn't know that Brother Hagen, you know, had started Rama and your parents, yeah. you know, I didn't probably make that connection then. But I came, man, and it was... So, so what year did you come to Rama? I came here, I graduated in 2000, so it would have been 98. Okay. Yeah. I had, you were one of my instructors. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. so you started in... Yeah, so... 98. So you were a... Um, I was a zero. You were zero? That's what Craig uh, called us. Uh, we were a bunch of zeros. <laughs> I heard so, that for two years of my life. So you I were a bunch you, of zeros. <laughs> you were a, a first year when I was a second year. So you graduated in 99? Yeah. Oh, that's cool, man. Yeah, I hadn't put that together. Just I now. didn't either. So he was yeah. a nine, not a zero. Yeah. I was, yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I, I still get a kick out. I was, nine, talking nine, to, nine. I was talking to one of the guys. He works for us at the ministry. He's our soon-to-be principal, transitioning into principal of the school, and uh, we joke all the time about both having your financial uh, class. class. That was one of my favorite, most entertaining <laughs> classes at Rama. The the one thing I took away from two years of Rama from that class was don't buy Count Chocula. <laughs> buy the discounted Walmart brand so you can save money while you're at Rama. <laughs> uh, that was my one of my favorite classes, by the way. So but, what what group did you go into? Did you go um, pastors? I went in pastors. Yeah, I was. I was actually. I had signed. Well, I didn't fill out the deal to you know where you let know yeah. what group. I had picked in my mind youth, the youth ministry group. Yeah, and I, something didn't seem right about it. And I, I asked the Lord about it in prayer, and I said, "Am I not supposed to go into this?" Youth? Because I'm surprised you didn't go in youth ministry. I thought I was. Yeah. You know, and here's a crazy thing. Um, Anyway, I, I was going to go into the youth thing, and then I asked the Lord. I didn't seem right about it, so I said, am I not supposed to go into this, the youth thing? And I said, I'm going to put youth on there. Unless you tell me otherwise, I'm going to go into the youth. So that night, the night before I turned in my form, I had a dream. And I think I've had no dreams from the Lord ever besides this one. And I saw myself walking into the pastor's group in my dream, and I was kind of like a little bit unfamiliar with it, and I was like, do I belong here? And there was some other thing in the dream. So I wake up from the dream, and the Spirit of God ministered to my heart and said, you're going to go in the pastor's group, but you're not going to be a pastor for many years. And I thought, yeah. okay. So I went into the pastor's group, and it, w it was life-changing, obviously. Then I youth pastored for 13 years after leaving Ramah, hmm. and then ultimately became a pastor. Yeah. So it was just kind of neat how the Lord did that. Um, I wish you'd do that more, but that was one of those exceptions, I guess. But yeah, two of the best years, man, uh, of my life. And I tell everybody everywhere, uh, if it had not been for Rama, there's no way I would have survived life or ministry. Uh, because one of the things aside from learning how to walk by faith was learning how to follow the Holy Spirit. Oh, yeah. And that is, I use that a thousand times a day. It never stops. It is the greatest 
weapon, I feel like, in any believer's life, and that happened here. And I've used that, like I said, it's never left me from the time I was here, and uh, it's changed my life. So, Amen. Now, um, <clears throat> just to kind of go, come full circle, obviously you, you, you met your your wife now in, in high school. Mm -hmm. Now, did she come to Rama with you? or how? She how didn't. Did... No, Laura, actually, funny story, uh, when I got saved, Laura and I were – she doesn't admit it, but she was had the hots for me uh, <laughs> in high school. But here's the deal: uh, yeah, I, you can't I, date you in high school. I was a heathen. Yeah. You, was, you were you were. I was a heathen dog from hell. And her dad, who was a pastor, called yeah. me into his office, sat me down. I was a student in, in the schooler. He sat me down. I mean, he was the nicest guy you'd ever want to meet in this meeting. He's telling me, hey, son, man, super glad you're here. What, he asked me, what do you want to do with your life? And I said, man, at that time, I really want to play baseball. And uh, he said, man, you can do anything, you know, God puts in your heart, blah, blah, blah. So we're getting through this whole whatever, all these niceties and all this stuff. He gets to the end of the conversation before we stand up and I walk out. He says, oh, by the way, he said, I want you to stay away from my daughter. I don't want you around her. Don't talk to her. I don't want her to have anything to do with you. And I walked out of there thinking, man, I just got hit by a politician on that. He, <laughs> he whined me and dined me and then basically told me to stay away from his daughter. I got the biggest kick out of that. <laughs> and Laura never knew that. But, yeah, we, uh, we were friends in high school, and then she actually came out here really supernaturally to, to go to Oral Roberts University. Yeah. And then the, the year I came out to Rama. She was in her final year of Oral Roberts University. So we kind of started really, you know, getting to know one another then. And then um, a couple of years later, we got married. So you figured you passed the statute of limitations on her. That's that right. <laughs> yeah. Who, yeah, she's good now. We're good. So, uh, yeah, her dad, once I was at Rama, he was fine with it. He actually brought me in to preach a couple of times when I was working up in New Jersey. So I guess he changed his tune. Yeah, because you youth pastored up there. I youth pastored up in New Jersey yeah. at a church for three years, and yeah. then uh, the Lord brought us down to, back to Florida. Okay. Yeah. And then worked for my father-in-law for 10 years. That was the best three years of my life. <laughs> uh, anyway. Yeah. Anyway. But, uh, yeah, it's been good, man. It's been good stuff. Yeah. So, uh, obviously, you know, you, you were youth pastor for a while for your father-in-law. Yeah. Then eventually you took over the church and, you know. Yeah, through much pain and toiling. <laughs> Yeah. We took over, uh, yeah, that's a whole sermon in itself. But, uh, yeah, we've been pastoring since 2012 there. And, uh, yep, just getting better and better, getting better and better. Church is growing, school's growing. Yep, everything's growing, healthy, learned a lot, made a lot of mistakes, but the Lord's been good and gracious and all that. So, uh, And what's you know even more amazing, the, the fact that you barely passed school, now you run one. <laughs> you know, listen, let me tell you. The only diploma I have on my office wall is my Rama certificate, you know, and uh, that's really all I've needed, to be honest. I don't mean to sound like, uh, you know, prideful about it, but Rama, like the alma mater or whatever the thing's called, the song says, it, it gave me what I needed to know. Rama gave me what I needed to know. Rama taught you what you needed to know. Well, I just improvised the song. It's the word the Well, I forgot that part of the songwriter was actually here with us. But it's true. Rama, what is it? Taught me? Taught me. Rama taught me. Let's all sing it together. 
No, for real. Rayma taught me what I needed to know. And no. what I learned here has carried me all these years in ministry. And I've watched pastors come and go, uh, you know, ministers. But whatever those things are that I got here have sustained me through really a lot of tough seasons. Mm-hmm. And, and what you're uh, saying, Ram, taught what you need to know, even though you didn't know you needed to know it yep. when you're here at Ramo. Yep. Like uh, I said, a lot of the things you know you took. I mean, your personality. You're more of a youth pastor type person, mm-hmm. e- even now. I mean, yeah, you know, yeah. Um, you know yeah, but, for sure. But the fact that you you went to the, the pastors group and obviously, you know, you, a lot of things that you um, had to. Transition's not always easy, especially when your 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 father in law is still in your church, your mother in law is on your on your praise and worship team. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and stuff. So it's you know That was a whole big ordeal <laughs> there, man. Uh thank God for the Holy Ghost though. Um I was telling the class the other day, uh in the third year pastors group here, you know, I was packing my suitcases looking for somewhere else to go. Yeah. And the Holy Ghost just ministered to me, and I wouldn't have had those. I don't think I would have had that that tool in place to be able to hear from God had not been for learning that here. Mm-hmm. And he spoke to my heart, and it helped me to stay where I was and uh, to make that transition, which lasted about three years, but probably technically probably about five years, and uh, it worked. <laughs> well, well you know, go ahead. It is interesting going back to the beginning of Rama going back to first camp meeting where brother Lord spoke to brother Hagen and brother Hagen, you know, prophesied that we would teach, you know, faith and learning how to follow the leading of the Holy spirit. So that, that was powerful. one of the, one of the foundations that the Lord said that we would teach our students at Rama, you know, God. the message of faith and the leading of the Holy spirit. Um, obviously one of, you know, some are, are probably are, well, there's probably, there's three books that, that are probably the, Someone called them the Trinity of that is ism, you know, how to be led by the Spirit of God, the believer's authority, and the name of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, those are three books that, that are that are stalled. Um, yeah. But but it is interesting. I mean, you know, I know we've had many different people on the, on our podcast, and the biggest thing that they bring up was, you know, at Rama, I I learned how to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And I and I think I mean because obviously, I mean you know not knocking many churches or whatever, but you have to understand, people come to church, in, in today's society, most people um, come to church once a week, if they come to church at all. Once a week, once a th- once every three <laughs> weeks, more like yeah. that. Well, uh, well, you know, good Christians come yeah, to church one, once a week. You know, where, you know, we grew up, you come to church on Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night, yep. which I, you know, and, you know, but, so you basically get one meal a week. Yeah. And so it's really hard to learn how to follow the Holy Spirit um, whenever you're, you know, you're not getting taught very much, you know, yeah. whatever. Uh, that's powerful, man. And, and the other side about it is, you know, now the, you know, Sunday school is not a big deal anymore or, yeah. or whatever, you know. And now, obviously, some people have the thing like you're going to a Christian school where, where maybe some of those things are, are taught, you know, as well. But, I mean, I mean, that's why when you... You know, people come to Rama. I mean, it's it's completely. You know, you get immersed. Yep, it is. In, it's in, an immersion, and um, and I think that that's, you know, it's life changing. Like I said, and that's one of the reasons why a lot of people who are struggling in life might want to consider coming to Rama Bible Training College. In fact, um, I was I was in line. I don't know where I was, um, but oh, I know what I was. I was getting my hair cut yesterday, and so there was a gentleman who was 
getting his hair cut, and the guy in the person said, oh, I didn't recognize you. you. You used to come here all the time. He goes, yeah, I've been away at college, but it just didn't work out for me. I mean, you know, college was, just wasn't my deal. Well, you know, um, you know, some people, they come up brain because college wasn't their deal mm. or whatever. I and mean, if you want to learn more about the Word of God or if you want, if you feel called to the ministry, Rainbow Bible Training College is a wonderful place to go, rbtc.org. If you'll yeah. just go there, you can find more information about that. But Darren, when you came to Rama, you really probably had no intention of becoming a pastor, right? I had or, no, or not one, zero percent inclination that I was ever even going to be in ministry. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, you know, a lot of people think, well, well, do I have to be in ministry, you know, think I'm going to be in ministry to go to Rama? You just came to learn more about the Word. I mean, you know, you know because, because yep. you know, the little bit you got was life-changing, and so now you want to, you know, get more of it, and, and obviously... It is interesting, too, some of the best pastors that graduate actually went through the helps ministry class. Wow. I mean, so they, That's awesome. I mean, so, some of the biggest churches, and they weren't planning to ever be pastors, so mm-hmm. they chose helps ministry. But what we also don't realize is when you choose the health ministry class, then you kind of learn, you know, the behind-the-scenes stuff. I mean, and usher, you know, prayer room workers, children's, you know, you know and so they volunteered in all these different capacities. So, so awesome. So what happened is they go work at a church, you know, and they, oh, they put you over their prayer room or put you over this, you know. So, you know, a pastor needs to know about the prayer room, about, you know, all these kind of things, about, mm. you know, now greeters and all this kind of kind of stuff. And, yeah, that's of, awesome. course, of course, Rame is obviously, you know, now we go to third year. And third year is like, you know, because we have things that we never dealt with back even whenever you were at Rainbow. I knew there was something missing when I no. left here. I well, I'm talking I, about... I knew I, I learned how to save money on, in my well, finance no, class. No, I'm, I'm talking about, you know, <laughs> marketing and social media and all those kind of things. You know, I mean, marketing is one thing, but now marketing is completely different than, than it used to be. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's constantly evolving. Yeah, constantly evolving. I mean, you yeah. know, I mean, I, I consider myself fairly, you know, heavily on social media, but I still don't really know everything we know what to do sure um, i mean because it's it's just like I said evolving and so those are some of the things we teach in a third year pastors group and then we bring in people like yourself um you know obviously every pastor has different different things that they can share yourself i mean you you went through a church you know transition between your father-in-law and yeah. and, and, and you and your wife um and so you know that's that some people go through other kind of Different things. Some people start a church from scratch. Yep. You know, and then some people, um, you know, have a church that has no running water. Which, um, that's for, yeah. C.F. Rainey has a church in, in Missouri. Oh, no, I know him. I know no, no running water. He's um, happy now. The Chiefs are in the uh, yeah, probably Super so, yeah. Bowl. Yeah. That's a whole another sad sermon. <laughs> <laughs> My brother so, told me the other day. He said teams don't win games anymore. Referees win games. <laughs> Can they yeah. find us for that? Can the NFL find us on this podcast? <laughs> but, but you know, I, I get it. There were some ref, ref calls that, that probably shouldn't have, you know. But the last call, Mahomes was definitely out of bounds. I'm with you. Yeah. I mean, I'm you, you got to you got a brain dead moment. You have Bless to. It you wasn't have, as bad as it seemed, you know. And the guy, they were both already headed. He kind of just put his arm out yeah. and gave him a little extra. Yeah. But well, well, it was out of bounds. Or yeah, I mean, he stupid. was definitely, out of, you know, now if he would, now I'm obviously this is an audio podcast, so you can't see me, but if he would put his arm like, like this, it maybe would have been a different Instead story. of putting his arm like, like, like in front of him, like he was, you know, going to push him, if he would have just. 
you know, and and then the aftermath of the whole push yeah. didn't look. I thought he killed that other guy that was there on the sidelines. I thought, <laughs> well, Lord, it, that guy had to break his leg, man. <laughs> and I, I think some of it had to play into it. The, the fact that it was very well known that Patrick Mahomes ha- had a high ankle sprain, and you know, and so now that's another thing which I, I thought would be cool to bring up on the podcast is Patrick Mahomes' interview after the um, that they won. Um, the first thing that he said, that he wanted to give glory to God. I saw, yeah. Yeah, but then right after that, the kind of the, the interviewer kind of cut him off, like, you know. Like, and then he did it again, and, didn't and so, he? So when he cut him off, he came back. He came right back. And, and, he said, you're going to cut my sermon off. Yeah. I'm going to find out what's going to happen here. And, and his point was is that he actually gave glory to God for being able to play. He, he said, the Lord healed me. Wow, and, and, and I didn't hear that. He said the Lord healed me, and that's why I was able to play. Because basically, he was in his own mind; he didn't think he was yeah. going to be able to to play. Um, and so he that's actually, crazy. So he actually, you know, you know, obviously, I don't know anything about Patrick Mahomes, you know, you know, lifestyle sure. testimony or whatever. He didn't talk about cigars. This, after is that. this a disclaimer? Um, yeah, yeah. What? But my point was, is you know, he was on national TV saying the Lord healed me. I mean that's that's that's, super, that's I mean, powerful. You know, no, I, I get it. Patrick, Patrick Mahomes would probably know Tim Tebow, all right. You know, <laughs> I mean, you know, but but the fact of the matter is, you know, you know, and I'm assuming that he might be a baby Christian. I'm I'm sure that you know that there were some other members of the Chiefs that you know you know probably you know that talked to him and prayed for him, and I mean he gave glory to God, and that's yeah, I think and that's that's, awesome. that's pretty awesome. You know, you know whether you like Patrick Mahomes or not, um, but you know seems like a good guy. Yeah, he yeah. seems like a good guy, and he likes Whataburger. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't, uh, hey, know. between him and the uh, the whole the other uh, ESPN guy that prayed yeah, on the that thing was live, cool. yeah. that was mind blowing. Yeah. There, man. Well, I I think what's interesting the whole you know what, what revival Darren, in the NFL. What D- Darren was talking about is is after um, Demar, the Hamlin, Demar yeah. Hamlin's incident. Um, that Monday afterwards with Dan Oskowski or something. I, can't I don't remember, it. yeah. I mean, he just felt led just to pray a prayer. That was powerful, the man. To pray a prayer right there on the on, on a ESPN, ESPN, ESPN NFL. Who's um, owned know, by Disney, I believe, aren't by, they? Which I thought they'd have fired that guy right then after well, that thing. Well, here's the thing. And, and you could see that he was a little timid when he did it, you know, wondering what the backlash would be. But, but I think – if they would have fired him, the backlash would have been so bad. Oh yeah, that, that you, you know, think I don't think these, those folks are worried about backlash, are they? They're used to. Used well, to it I mean, by now. Disney stock took a crash after the the Santos has got him on the run. Yeah. Well, you know that they brought in their their former CEO, and he's he's getting away from the wokeness. Mm-hmm. Oh, good. Um, uh, you know, or, or, or okay, I should say getting away from the, you know. Talking about the wokeness, you know, they might they might still put the stuff in their yeah, movies or go. whatever. They're not going to publicize, publicize. They're going back to normal operations, <laughs> hiding the hiding their agenda from everybody. <laughs> yeah. So, but you know, and it also is interesting how then the week the week after Demar Hamlin thing, it was okay to kneel and pray. Take your knee for the right reason before the game. You know. When when Tim Tebow did it, they they you know kind of got mad at him or, or whatever. So it's just interesting how it's full, an awakening in the circle, NFL, you know. But you know, I, I think that's interesting part of, of about life is that you know sometimes something tragic has to happen for mm. us to turn toward God. I mean, you know, so it's um. Hey, one of my um, dope smoking brothers called me after that. The guy prayed on the ESPN and yeah. he said, um, "I didn't name my brother." So just so you give a little <laughs> anonymity, whatever that word is. 
Um, he said, what do you think about all these people praying about this? He said, do you think it's, like, good or is it bad? I said, I told him, I was like, to me, it kind of seems like there's something in man during crisis that wants to connect with God. Yeah. yeah. And it's a part of our nature in that regard. So I say, hey, it's good. It just kind of reveals that. When stuff starts getting bad, folks really do tend to lean towards. I mean, y'all remember after September 11, yeah, 2001, well, my God, everybody's church was full. Well, well, Catholic so, churches were full. Everybody's church was full. Yeah, I bring that up, you know, all the time yeah. because September 11th, most people don't m- remember, it was a Tuesday. And so September 12th was a Wednesday. And, oh, church, yeah. And church so yeah. that was one of the only times that I can remember here at Rainbow Bible Church that we had to open the balcony on a Wednesday. Wow. Um, be, because normally our, our crowd is smaller. There's no need to open the, you know, the balcony on a Wednesday night service. But September the 12th, 2011, we had to open the balcony. And the balcony was like half full because people were afraid. And when people get afraid, they, they begin to turn to God. Good and I think now Lord. what's interesting, let's fast forward, and now we're going to get into some political you know, stuff. To Don't tw- do it. To 2020, is that so when the COVID thing began to get people afraid, one of the first things that the, the government and people did was try to cut you off from coming to yeah. church. Um, you know, because I, you know, there's something about in unity and harmony and that kind of thing. Yeah, so, I guess you know, the devil figured, learned that one on the yeah. September 11th then, uh, or 12th, rather. Yeah, but <laughs> you can't but, just do something bad because then people go to church. No, we got to do something bad and figure out a way to keep them out of church. Out of church. Yeah. yeah. And then obviously, you know, we were reading the stats before the podcast that since um, then, I mean, church attendance has gone down since the pandemic started because a lot of people got out of the habit, just like, you know, you know, if I ever get out of the habit of going to the gym, that's, that's, a, that's a lie. I don't want to <laughs> but the point is, when you get in the habit of going to the gym, I, I actually, at one point in my life, I was addicted to jogging. Um, I, I ran two, three miles a night, every night. Wow. Uh, I was, at the time, the youth pastor. Um, I would go preach on a Wednesday night and then go to La Fortune Park. La Fortune Park actually has a lit-up trail three miles from five kilometers if you technically but it's three miles um and so every night i i would run i'm a late night guy anyway and so they would turn the lights off at um 11 o'clock and then daylight saving time that would be 12 o'clock and so i don't know how many times i'm i'm running (laughs) the last half mile (laughs) there ain't no lights because um you know because i i didn't time it right or whatever or the last quarter mile or something like that so but, I mean, I got in the habit, of, and, and it was like, I mean, seriously, I was addicted. Like, if I didn't run my three miles, um, I, I didn't feel right. And so that's kind of the thing about, you know, we get addicted to things, and we're just used to, you know, so people get away from coming to church, they stop coming. Or they don't come it's back. It's true. No, it's true, man. Yeah, so anyway, well, before we end today's podcast, we just want to once again remind you, if you're out there and... You know, you feel called to ministry, or if you want to just learn more about the Bible, Rama Bible Training College, rbtc.org. If you'll just go there, you can find out more about Rama. If you'll just give your, your email, your name, and your phone number, we'll send you a digital packet immediately, and then we'll have one of our student ambassadors give you a call, talk to you more about Rama, maybe trying to schedule a time for you to come um, take a tour of campus or come to a college weekend. And um, you know, just share more about Rainbow Bible Training College. Well, Darren, great to have you again yeah, on, man, on the glad program. Glad to be here. You know, good to hear about your testimony again. You know, I, I know I'm sure there's people out there 
that probably had a, a similar lifestyle to you, you know, that, that you had, you know, or, you know, and that's one thing too. A lot of times too, people never get beyond their past or mm. they, you know, or they, they wow. always, you know, they, their past keeps them from doing something in their future and, mm. and things like that. And that's, it's important, you know, that even though maybe things in our past weren't, weren't the best things in the world, God has a plan and a purpose for your life. Amen. Yeah, that's Amen. good. Amen. Well, you know, here at Rayma, we're bringing hope, hope help, and, and healing, healing to the, the world. world. God bless you guys. You have a wonderful day.